Welcome to Snap Out of It. I'm your host, Sergio Tercero. This week, I'd like to talk to you guys about a little bit of UFC 251. And we'll just do the main events here. Gonna start off with Max Holloway getting robbed out in Yas Island there. Now, you can argue both ways for this fight, but I clearly seen the first three rounds going to Max. Four for sure went to um, Volkanovski, and the fifth round guaranteed went to Volkanovski. Now, where I argue that Max should have won this fight more handedly, I'm sure, was the three knockdowns in the first two rounds. Or I, I like to say the flash KOs. If we're using... Uh, boxing criteria to judge the fights, then a knockdown or a flash KO should automatically make it a 10-8 round. So right there, you have two 10-8 rounds for Max. And even if you give Volkanovski the next three rounds, Max still wins the fight. Um, he still wins the fight at 47 to 46. So... I don't really know. You know, the judges called it a split. It is what it is, as Holloway would say. But I want to see a third match. I'm going to call it a rubber match for that case. But, you know, Volkanovski's up too. I would like to see a third match for that fight. I mean, uh... It's it, we're judging MMA by per round, and this is why it might be important to have open scoring. Now, for me as a gambler, I do not want to see open scoring. I like seeing you know Volkanovski at plus one eighty, plus two hundred, going into that third round where you can catch some live money. So, how do you bet on Max? To begin the fight, and then after he wins those first two rounds pretty decisively, you can catch Volkanovski on a live bet, hedge your bet. You're guaranteed to walk away with some money, some of Vegas's money in your hand, and bingo, bango, you're good. With That's with open scoring. And even if with open scoring, I mean, everybody's seen Max won those first two rounds, and that's why Vegas adjusted the line. Um... You know, it becomes a little tough when it's the third round. And let's just say the judges had it for Max. Uh, well, there you go. The fight's over. Volkanovski has to finish the fight in the next two rounds. And all of a sudden, Max just goes to a super huge favorite. Uh, Volkanovski's a big dog. And you don't really have an opportunity to make money in that sense. But regardless, if... MMA is going to keep going the way it is with this judging. They need to fix the judging. I personally had Max winning the first three rounds. I had those. And if you do give Volkanovski the third round, then you should give Max a 10-8 round. Um, in one of those two rounds, yeah, I mean, so in one of the first two rounds, I mean. Yeah, well, that's enough for that. Um... The, the other second or third title fights. Well, I guess this is the first of the three title fights. But the uh, Aldo and Piotr Jan 
What a fight. Aldo came out swinging, banging, ripping the body. Throwing those leg kicks we've missed over the last three, four fights from Aldo. And, uh, you know, kind of looking like Aldo of old. Uh, with, uh, you know, him having a nutritionist now. It it clearly shows that, uh, you know, it's something that he may have been missing. Imagine what he would have been his whole career had he had a nutritionist. I don't think, you know, possibly... Connor would have never even been able to drop him in those uh, seven seconds there. Um, I think Aldo would be... I think Aldo was winning uh, the first couple rounds of that fight. Um, Piotr's just a younger guy. He's a beast. And um, he took over that fight and managed to, you know, get a, about a minute and a half of just unanswered shots where the fight should have been stopped. Whoever that ref was needs to, uh, you know, need to give his head a shake. You know, I know Aldo's a tough son of a bitch, but he needs, you know, protect the fighters. And if he's not even moving, not no one, you know, not even trying to switch position, not trying to grab a wrist. Uh, he's just sitting there for nearly 90 seconds getting pounded on by Jan, where Jan got, he punched himself out. Um, you know, that was uh, brutal. They finally stopped the fight. Um, that was nice to see. Congrats to Piotr Jan. He's got uh, he's got his work cut out for him in that bantamweight division, though. He's got, uh, you know, just quite a few guys there. I, 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 I want to see Aljamain Sterling, and that's it. Maybe Cejudo comes out of retirement. He may have been hinting at that at his Twitter. Either way. Um, you know, oh, uh, you know, quick side note, Rose. Rose and Andrade fight shows you that if you win the first two rounds of a three-round fight, you win the fight no matter what you look like at the end of the third round. Because if you look at Andrade and Rose at the end of the fight and you didn't see any of that fight and you you see both of them and you say, uh, which one of these two fighters you think won, 99% of you are going to say Andrade. Because Rose nose was busted up, her lip was busted up, she had a black eye that was just swelling up already. So, you know, that's what you get from... That's what you get from, you know, good judging. 29, 28, across the board. That was... That's what I had. That's what everyone I know had. Uh, Rose won. You know, I, I would... I would love to see uh, her and uh, Zhang Wei Li go at it. Zhang Wei Li kind of uh, hinted on social media. She Or said on social media that, she, that Rose is the best fighter. She thinks she's the one of the best fighters out there. And she... It seems like she wants to fight her, so that would be great. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, and then moving on to the welterweight fight with uh, Camaro, Snoozeman, and uh, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Uh, Jorge came in on this fight six days notice, 22 pounds to lose in, in those six days. And what a fight he managed to put up. With the 18-hour, 16-hour travel from from Florida to um, Abu Dhabi, and then from 
Um, from there, he was able to go all the, like, go five hard rounds. I mean, mind you, he couldn't really do much. Usinuzuzman got him up against that cage. You know, the shoulder shots to the head, the foot stomps. Oh, Jesus, God, those foot stomps were brutal. He just kept going on and on and on on those foot stomps, and it just made for a brutal, brutal fight to watch. I mean, the the card had already paid off its pay-per-view thing um, purchase, but, you know, whatever fans Usman had built up, from smashing Colby Covington and smashing Tyrone Woodley, I'm sure he lost half of them uh, for not engaging with Jorge in that fight. Everybody is at home because of Corona. And we want to see some action. Now, that is what a champion does. You negate your opponent's weapons. Uh, Jorge's weapons are... You know, he's got great elbows, great kicks, wicked combos. So if Kamara was to stand and bang with him, you know, he's seen it after a bit of the first round, he's going to lose that fight. So why why give the not fans in the crowd what they want and bang with him? You got to keep your title. So you do what you got to do, but at least take him to the ground and try and smash him. Oh, wait, he couldn't because... Jorge was getting up from bottom, which was surprising. I did not know that how good Jorge's um, stand-up game or like get-up game was. He was fantastic. Uh, love to see that. Uh, but yeah, Camaro is gonna—he's gonna have a lot of work to do to gain fans. Now he's had knockouts, he's had submissions, he's grinded and just pummeled guys like Woodley but you know what have you done for me lately you know you're talking a lot of shit and and he didn't even smash him he said he was you know this guy's got nothing on me yeah you're right you can hold him up against the cage for 25 minutes Put all your weight on him, stomp his foot, and yes, he's not going to be able to do much. He'll be able to escape from you, tag you up a few times, but that's about it. Yeah, you're right, Kamaru. You're absolutely correct. You can do things to him that no one else... Just kidding. You can do things to him that nobody wants to watch, to be honest. And uh, that's my... My honest opinion, I like Kamaru Usman. I like Kamaru Usman as a champion. But, you know, if um, if you're trying to win hearts and minds, you're not, uh, you're not getting too many... You're not going to gain too many fans. In fact, you might even lose some fans fighting that way. Now, that doesn't matter because the pay is the same. But don't forget that when it comes time to negotiations and they just show you the numbers and they say... Oh, how many people uh, watched the post-fight press conference uh, for Kamara Usman? Uh, YouTube's numbers last I seen were 318,000. Oh, how many people watched the post-fight press conference for uh, Jorge Masvidal? Uh, 1.4 million people watched that. So who was the draw there? Who brought in the 1.3 million pay-per-view buys? 
uh, Corona, uh, the promotion for Fight Island, and everybody thinking it's going to be like a Mortal Kombat style fight to the death, Dana White, uh, you know, sitting at a throne, putting his thumbs down, thumbs up to people, um, that, that brought in a lot of pay-per-view buys, um, the other two title fights brought in a lot of, and the whole card was stacked, plus people don't have shit to do, so, I don't know how many pay-per-view buys, how many people were actually buying the card to watch Kamaru Usman fight, or were people watching, paying that much to watch George Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal to fight, I think most people, uh, we're paying to see what Jorge Masvidal is going to do. And, you know, he did the best he could on six days notice, mind you. Remember, six days notice for that fight. For Jorge, he managed to make weight, championship weight, and put on a great performance. Um, yeah, and I hope, I hope his toes are doing okay. That is, uh, that is a tough one. Okay, moving on from UFC 251. All right, moving on from UFC. Want to get on to the next subject of current events, which is the current event of Ghislaine Maxwell, who the human sex trafficker, Epstein's confidant, his madam, uh, who was recently arrested on July the 2nd. Um, I want to talk about how why is it that uh celebrities and athletes are largely silent on this issue why is it that they will not speak on this issue uh they will often talk about uh many other social issues that come up whether it be the me too movement which this is kind of the biggest me too movement uh, that there is would be ending uh, child sex trafficking. Most of the victims are female anyways. Um, in the case of Epstein, most of them were female. I'm sure there was some boys involved there too. Uh, but why is it that Hollywood is completely, not completely, but largely silent on this issue? Is it because they know that some of their producers or their agents or some higher ups are involved they have seen things or they're involved in it themselves um you know just recently in Romania they broke up uh three human trafficking networks and which led to the arrest of 15 people and this was only brought on by the uh the U.S. government's trafficking in persons persons report, which warned Romania that their lack of progress in fighting human trafficking and human exploitation was causing severe damage, and they could see that the victims were coming from Romania. Um, you have other um, other cases coming out, and constantly where you know you have people uh, being arrested uh, in the states you have judges you have all sorts of 
people walks of life being arrested and you know when you look at the media they're largely silent they don't seem they don't seem to care about this stuff happening they don't want to get involved they don't want to you know even bring any attention to it um you know it's it's insane where where hollywood and the media's um focus on this subject is i would like to say that you know that how can we as a society just allow this this plague to continue and um, nothing gets done about it no one is Hollywood is largely silent when it comes to this issue they don't want to speak on it you know just last year the former Walt Disney vice president was sentenced in a child sex abuse investigation um, you know, an investigation began in 2009, I believe, something like that. But anyways, it's, uh, it's rampant all over, um, Hollywood. Sorry, I'm just gonna pause here. So, back out of here. Um, the internet right now is still... Is, like I said earlier, it's July uh, 16th, 2020, and uh, right now the internet is filled with all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories involving certain public celebrities. Uh, you got Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen thing, which I don't subscribe to. Um, you have the whole QAnon thing. Uh, I'm not a, not a person that believes in Q. But I do, I do follow up on it from time to time to see where they're at. Whenever there's something, whenever there's something weird going on, like when they arrested uh, Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, I was keeping an eye on the few people of Twitter and Instagram to see what they were saying and if maybe they had any additional information because. You know, uh, less often than not, uh, you know, these people pull do pull out certain little gems, or they make connections that you may not have seen before. Uh, if you just follow the, the mainstream uh, media, uh, you don't get everything. Sometimes, uh, for example, my local media, uh, like the Global News here in Vancouver. The day she arrest, was arrested, uh, they didn't put it on their uh, 6 o'clock broadcast until the, what, the 27th minute mark of the one-hour segment. And you're talking about a, a, a sex trafficker of children with connections to Jeffrey Epstein, who, you know, uh, died on, under mysterious circumstances. Nobody actually believes that he hung himself. 
and you know she's got ties to Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton. Uh, you know, been pictured was at Bill Clinton's daughter's wedding, Chelsea. She was at her wedding. Uh, many, many pictures of her with Prince Andrew. So when somebody like her gets arrested, you think it's a big international story, and nothing. Right, 27 minutes into it is kind of just saying like, hey, we have to put this in, but they just literally said, um, I think they start off, uh, defamed socialite Ghislaine Maxwell with uh, her connection to Jeffrey Epstein was arrested in in New Hampshire uh, earlier today. Uh, she's being charged with uh, four charges of, of uh, sexual, sexual trafficking involving minors and that was it that, that's all they that's all they said they didn't go into it they didn't talk anymore and um you know that's kind of what i been expecting from these uh media outlets where they don't don't want to report on sex trafficking now that makes me always think that they're complicit now the internet is a dark or can be a dark scary place if you look in certain spots and if you ever do decide to follow the Q rabbit down that hole you'll see that uh, yeah it's a it's a cesspool of disinformation I mean you can't you can't tell what's right what's real and what's wrong or what's fake anymore um, with what we're given with the information that we're given. Okay. Um, that about wraps it up for the segment of that. Uh-oh. All right, moving on here. Uh, Burger King, in an effort to reduce emissions, announced that they will be feeding their cows, uh, adding or, or adding um, lemongrass. Instead of just regular grass or corn to their meals in order to reduce methane emissions by 33% per day. Now this is great for uh, meat eaters, especially since, you know, you when you see all the PETA or all the, uh, a lot of the vegan videos out there talking about how we need to get on to sustainable or uh, get onto plant-based diets because it would reduce emissions because emissions from cows make up, you know, they try and say a huge percentage of CO2 gases, but really the number's a lot lower than it actually, than they actually make it out to be. Uh, One little problem with this, I mean, it's great for the States, great for America, but one little problem with this is that uh, lemon, the Canadian cattle producers aren't, you know, aren't the happiest with this move because they, uh, what do they say here? I just had it. Um, they said any potential reduction in methane emissions since the science has not been proven, I believe would be offset by the emissions used to get it to Canadian cattle since it is not feasible. To grow in this country so lemongrass is 
doesn't grow good in Canada, so we'd have to import it. Importing it means trucking it or training it. Trucking it or training it means more emissions. More emissions, like they said, would be offset by bringing that um, grass to Canada. Now, they may want to look at some greenhouse options, but is it worth it? A greenhouse operation to run is very expensive. That square footage inside the greenhouse is high value real estate. You don't really waste it on lemongrass or on grasses. So, you know, there's one for you. What do you do? Are you guys, what do you guys say? What do you guys, are you guys vegan? Meat eaters? What do you guys like here? Um, personally, I've heard that even uh, seaweed, if you fed cows seaweed, they would actually not even produce, um, sorry, would not even produce methane. So, there's that for an option, but I mean, what happens once you dredge the ocean of all the seaweed? I don't know how, how easy that stuff is to grow inside, but, you know, at least, uh, and at least it's an option, and you can, you know, reduce the emissions that way. I've also been told that uh, bison or buffalo? I don't know if those two are the same. Huh. I wonder. Yeah, bison or buffalo. One of the two. Um, they don't produce nearly as much methane as cows do. Probably a reason why those uh, the bison and stuff were native to North America, where the settlers came. All right, uh, moving on here. Um, uh, what's next here? Oh yeah, Huawei. I wanted to speak on Huawei. You know, living in Vancouver, we currently have under house arrest the uh, there's a CFO, or the former CFO, here on uh, holding her on extradition. To the United States for some violations. I don't know what they are, but apparently China, China's all upset about it. They they ended up arresting two Canadians who, you know, they're saying that were they were spies, and then uh, you know they've been threatening, saying that oh we let him go if you let her go, and um, yeah, but luckily. Uh, Canada has been holding firm on keeping her here and moving along with the extradition process. And then uh, just this past week, we had uh, was it the UK uh, banned Huawei from their uh, their 5G installations and from being on any of the 5G networks. Uh, and that's that's the fourth out of the fifth country that's involved in the Five Eyes program. The Five Eyes program is a program between Canada, the United States, Australia, um, I think New Zealand. <laughs> it's uh, 
No, I said, here we go. Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and United States. There you go. So they, it's a joint operation where they share, share intelligence and they can even send, <coughs> like they have, um, you know, Canada would spy on the States, American citizens and UK citizens. Meanwhile, uh, the Americans would be able to spy on them and then they exchange information and <coughs> that way none of the countries are in violation for warrantless tapping or spying on their own citizens when it's other when it's uh, other nations other spy other nation spy agency doing the spying for them so that's that but Canada still has not banned Huawei from uh, building our 5G network <coughs> and also being uh, <coughs> being on the back end now everybody's worried because Huawei being a Chinese company, <coughs> pretty well everybody knows that they are any company in China is basically a company of the state. One way or another, you'll have somebody in the Chinese government involved in your day-to-day operations and telling you what to do. So everybody's worried that if this company ends up being the backbone to our cell phone network, that the Chinese will be able to just pull data, everybody's in data, what they do, what they like, what everything that you do on the internet would be available to a foreign government. I mean, we already sort of willfully share some of our stuff, but when you're dealing with a communist country like China, that's something we don't want to be doing. So that's, uh, and I stand, I'm a strong believer we should not even have Huawei phones here in Canada. We should just definitely get rid of these things. Stick with the, you know, anything that's not made over there, you know, high risk. We should ban TikTok here, you know. So anything from the communist China is something that we need to uh, get away from pronto. Okay, what was that? So I got one more thing I wanted to talk about. And that was, uh, where did it go here? Okay, yeah, Barry Weiss. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about her uh, resignation at the New York Times and how pretty much anyone that follows her uh, would see this coming. Now, Barry Weiss is a journal, is a uh, opinion journalist, and she essentially does really some other really good pieces. But uh, they, uh, the New York Times brought her on about four years ago or so to um, be kind of the conservative voice of the New York Times as they started to go really hard left. And what happened uh, was that as the left continued to go even harder and harder and be a little bit more extreme left, and the extreme left being the normal, and then the left or left of center, people are the ones who are being silent and watching their political side just going to chaos. Um, anyways, yes, they brought Barry in to be the conservative voice, and now she has resigned from, you know, basically 
getting harassed at work for her opinion. Uh, meanwhile, anytime somebody does it back o- over to someone on the left side, when it's ever a uh, conservative or centrist criticizing the um, some other uh, employee, they quickly move to action. From what I gather, her resignation letter, her resignation letter is available online. She made it public. Um, it's it's a great piece. Um, and yeah, I'm not. New York Times is still. I mean, you still gotta think that they're a reliable source. You know, the ultimate source of information. But if, as far as opinion, um, I'm not too sure. But you know, they do run great stories. I mean, you know, they ran the. I think the George Knapp New York Times um, UFO. Um, research that he did. Uh, there's also a few other uh, things that he's done, or that she's, uh, or that the New York Times has done, and the time. And, and the problem now is you want to think that they may not even report certain things as being factual, as is with, uh, you know, what's happening down in America with the media. You know, the same thing is happening here, except our everybody's so focused on the states that people don't even call the Canadian media out. And that's what I'm I'm hoping to do with this show is I want to show the hypocrisy of Canadian media, uh, certain networks. Uh, they it seems like they kind of align on the left side of the political aisle all right well that's all i have for this first episode uh maybe next episode i'll try and get some things going some maybe some segments talk a little bit more about myself uh maybe more about where i live here you know it's this may just be a standalone one episode thing and i just ruined a pretty good headline uh podcast name snap out of it maybe i need to snap out of it but definitely The New York Times needs to snap out of it. Justin Trudeau needs to snap out of it and get Huawei out of Canada. And Kamar Usman needs to snap out of it. I think that if he's going to gain any fans, that if he keeps fighting like that, nobody's going to be buying the next newsman pay-per-view. Peace out. (laughs) 